During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Monday, January 6th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside his first show ever as a Kinda Funny Games employee, Blessing Eddie Oye Jr. Yo, what's up, Greg? Not much, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Yeah. Pretty eventful for you so far. Yes. You left your life behind in Seattle. I did. You moved here to work for... What was that now? That life sucked. This was better. I mean, it, was, it wasn't that bad, honestly. No, we got it. Yeah. Seattle's a pretty cool city. It's there's no, there's no parking in San Francisco is what I've learned so okay, far. Okay. Well, yes. You shouldn't be driving in San Francisco. Duh. I mean... When you, when you, if you're, here's what you do. Your car is used for this. Mm-hmm. Home to work, work to home. Yes. Then, that, like, grocery store, errands, sure. But yes. then if you want to go out or do anything, you Uber. Or yeah. You take no, that's what, that's what I figured out so far. So that's what I've been doing. Yeah. And that's been working fine enough. Okay. Fight yes. Urge. Fight that urge. Keep your money. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But also, like... Getting rid of my car could save me so much money because I don't have to pay for insurance, yeah, sure. I don't have to pay, pay for parking, all sure. that stuff. And so I'm, I'm, I'm teetering whether or not to like get rid of my car or keep my car. So far, I'm keeping it. I was going to say, feel, feel it out for a while. It's yeah. like a rash decision. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. So when, we'll when see. I, when I left it all behind here in, in, or left it all behind in uh, 2007 and moved here, mm-hmm. I kept the car until 2009. And the only reason I threw it away then, or sold it, I didn't throw it away. I didn't just abandon <laughs> this car somewhere, uh, was because IGN was moving downtown. And mm. I was like, oh, you're right on the train line. So I could take a train from mm. where I was, and then I knew I'd move closer, and it'd be easier. And it nice. was. Awesome. So, I mean, just don't do it yet. You don't know. Of course, we're mm. moving, but I, you know, I, don't, you know, I have not done the math. If that that's closer. Like it's walking distance for where I'm at right but now. Are you close. in temporary housing, or are you in your full-blown That's housing? the thing. I don't know how long I'm going to be here exactly. at the place I'm at. Yeah, so. exactly. you got friends. You want to go live with them, right? Exactly. Get mad about who left out the mac and cheese. It's fun. 100%. It's yeah, a lot of good That's what times. I'm looking forward to. Well, how's your rake been so far? Uh, it was really good. It yeah. was a really, really good, eventful, uh, chill axe, as the kids say. Break mm. is, you know what I mean? I like, I like that a lot. Mm. Uh, and then we did the stream, of course. Yes. Uh, you know, to celebrate Kind of Funny Games 4.0. Uh, welcome you. Announce we have a new studio. All of this available, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can watch the video. And then during that, I came in with a sore throat. And my mm. voice continually got worse and worse and worse. Because it wasn't even that I was sick. It was just that my throat was sore and then I couldn't talk and all this different stuff. Mm. By the end, when I got into the car, the voice just gave out. And oh, I couldn't wow. talk on the ride home. And then I woke up Saturday and could not talk until the afternoon. Oh, wow. So it was touch and go for a while there. I'm like, I can't fuck up Monday. Mm-hmm. I can't have Blessing here. We're doing this. We're doing PS I Love You, XOXO, Volume yeah. 2, Episode 1 this afternoon. A lot of pressure. Can't screw that up. I yeah. can't come in there all horse and crappy. So here I am. You sound good. Thank you. I feel good. I won't lie nice. to everybody. Wearing a skinny Greg shirt. A shirt I bought when I was at my one of my skinny my skinniest moments. Dude, I just noticed the Spider-Man clip funny, that you're rocking. Fun story. If anybody else is ever paying attention, you might see that I wear the Spider-Man tie clip quite a bit. And you might say, Greg must really love Spider-Man. And in reality, it's the only small tie clip I have. <laughs> All my other tie clips, too large for the skinny ties. It's not, that even small. It's not even... I mean, it's... Well, I mean, like... But I mean, lengthwise. No, lengthwise. I know what you mean. But lengthwise. Even lengthwise. They make smaller ones now. They make half-sized ones. 
I want you to order me some. I also need to fix my computer back there because it doesn't communicate well with the monitor. It's a whole thing. It doesn't. I'm telling you, it doesn't communicate well with the monitor. Like the I bought one. I bought. You know, we'll talk about it later. Because this is kind of funny. Games Daily. Today we're talking about respawns. Big Cheese getting more power. IGN dumping the 100 point review scale and The Witcher 3 setting records. Because once again, this is kind of funny. Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show at Patreon.com/slash/KindOfFunnyGames, where. You can submit your questions, comments, concerns, and everything under the video game sun, as well as get this show ad-free, and now that it's 2020, get it with an exclusive post-show each and every weekday. That's right, Kevin. If you want to go above and beyond, you can watch us as we record it live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe. What was that, Kevin? Did you point? Today is post show, huh? Yeah, we have a post show every day now, Kevin. Oh, yeah. It's very easy. <laughs> well, we're not doing the YouTube live thing anymore, remember? No. You're, we're just putting it on Patreon. So you just gotta cut the live on Twitch. We'll talk for more time and you put it back live on Twitch. Oh, nobody told me that. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you right now. This is how oh, we do it. This is so how easy. we do it. This is how we feel it out. Wow, so easy. So easy, right? Kind of funny. 2.5.0? What? 4.0 for games. Games. You know what I mean? Yes. 4.0 for games. It's, it's year five. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just confusing. So, what's going to happen next year? I guess, do we step everything up? Do Does we, everything go to 5.0? Do we skip 5.0? Do we just, just go 6.0? <laughs> yeah. Exactly, right? Just Microsoft did it. Just, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think well, the iPhone no, did it. You know what? We'll do V. Kind of funny. Victory formation? Kind of funny Venom. Exactly. You know, it means like Venom five. Snake. Means Time for some housekeeping. Thank you, everybody, for your support over on Patreon.com slash Games. Remember, throughout the month, it is January. It is our anniversary. We are celebrating by asking you if we've ever gotten you through a long drive, a long commute, a bus ride, whatever. Maybe maybe it doesn't involve an automobile <laughs> at all. I don't know where you listen to this show. We're asking you to go to Patreon.com slash Games. Kick us a few bucks, even if it's just for the month. Of course, like I said, you get all sorts of perks like ad-free versions of the show, every show with a post-show, all that jazz. But on top of that, it's just a nice way to say thank you for everything we do, like hiring Blessing, getting a giant new studio, bringing back to shows, doing old shows. Plus, we're already through our fundraising goals. We're into the stretch goals. If we get up to 75000 we are doing a basketball game that we're going to film like a pay-per-view and everyone's going to hurt themselves. It's going to be really bad. And then at one k, we're going to go to Pittsburgh, uh, talk to Steve from Able Gamers, uh, talk to Mrs. McCuga, throw a meet-and-greet. One more world tour stop in Pittsburgh at Josh McCuga's Uncle's Bar. Because that's how you do it. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Mint Mobile, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. We got five items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen! That's right, Oh, Kevin. wow. That was great. That Kevin, was awesome. Kevin's a lot like me. Thank you. You go home for these two weeks, right? Yeah. You don't want to be two there with weeks. your wife. You don't want to be there with <laughs> your family. You want to be on a live stream screaming mm. your head off. So it gets all pent up. You let it percolate, and then you come out of the gates. Bah! You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I know how that feels. Do you? No. <laughs> no, you don't. You will. Don't worry. Oh, you yeah. Know, you'll get there. I'm ready for it. Uh, what we're going to start with here is number one. Respawn Head is taking over Dice LA. This is Todd Martin's at the LA Times. Uh, we're jumping into the middle of a story because there was a whole bunch of preamble in here. He's talking about Vince Zampella, of course, uh, head over at Respawn. Uh, a good dude we all know well. We're jumping into the article. Here we go. Earlier in 2019, Zampella predicted that Fallen Order, under the direction of Stig from God of War 3, would begin to remold Respawn developers, uh, long typecast as multiplayer shooter guys, into interactive storytellers. Now he's ready to look beyond Respawn. 
the studio he founded in 2010 with Jason West, which was acquired in 2017 by Electronic Arts. In 2020, Zampella will also lead LA-based offices of another Electronic Arts-owned studio, DICE. DICE was founded in Stockholm in, early 19, in the early 1990s and is home to games such as Battlefield, Mirror's Edge, and Star Wars Battlefront. But Electronic Arts characterizes its LA-based outpost as long dedicated to support for DICE's core products. Under Zampella, there are plans to expand and launch an original as-yet-unrevealed game. The company will remain separate from Respawn and, Zampella says, likely will drop the DICE name. Quote, we will probably rebrand, Zampella says. We want to give it a new image. We want people to say, this is a destination you can go and make new content. I think they've kind of gotten uh, the branding that they are the support studio of for, for DICE Stockholm. I think rebranding is important for showing people, hey, come work here. We're going to do some amazing things. The studio, he stresses, will be separate from DICE Stockholm and separate from Respawn. Says Zampella, quote, we do talk a lot and more and the more we interact and learn from each and teach each other, the better we'll be. So there's interaction. But as far as the games, they're their own studio. Mm. The move is being overseen by Laura Mealy. And I know I'm pronouncing that wrong. I'm sure Imran Khan can correct me. Go ahead on. You're wrong. Uh, who about 18 months ago took over as Electronic Arts Chief Studios Officer. At a time when major console makers such as Sony and Microsoft are readying new systems for release in late 2020, and streaming and subscription services are providing more avenues to discover games, uh, we're going to keep going with Melee, uh, says she is focused on broadening the Electronic Arts portfolio. I think under Vince's leadership, uh, the expectation is to have them work on and create a game of their own, she says. And I genuinely believe that he is going to help guide them creatively. He is going to help them further fortify and build out their talent and their team. I think we're going to have a really strong studio out of our L.A. location. Uh, they can go from a support team to a full standalone studio to create a new game offering. As for what this means for Respawn, Zampella speaks of his role there now more as a hedge coach. Quote, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order leader uh, Stig will continue to direct a narrative-driven branch at Respawn. The ongoing Apex Legends is overseen by Chad Gurner, uh, who followed Zampella from Infinity War to Respawn to work on what would become the first-person shooter series Titanfall. The virtual reality Medal of Honor Above and Beyond is being spearheaded by Peter Heishman, uh, or Hirschman, uh, whose Medal of Honor experience stretches back to the game's early days when it was developed by DreamWorks Interactive. Bless, this is one that broke, obviously, while we were away. Yes. It's, it's been percolating. What are your thoughts on it? I really like this news. Right. I think this sounds awesome. Uh, I think Respawn is very underrated as oh, yeah. a developer. Like, last year, I'll, like if they, if they did Developer of the Year awards, which I guess is kind of DICE, um, if, they, if, if there was a Developer of the Year for 2019, I would give it to DICE. Or not DICE, Respawn. Um, <laughs> it's a confusing story. Yeah, it is You're con talking about DICE yeah, Awards. DICE Awards. And there's, the, and there's, then there's DICE. from Respawn is taking over DICE yeah. Studios. Um, but no he's way. coming from Respawn. And uh, right. last year, Respawn released Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. And they released Apex Legends, which right. I would say both of those are two of the best games 100%. of last year. Um, you, I mean, that's the, I, I, you're 100% right on the money. Like, yeah. What a fucking year 2019 was for Respawn. Yes. And that's the thing is, I think everybody's known for so long the talent that's down there. If you played Titanfall, and I urge you to play Titanfall, both oh, one yeah. and two, right? Like, you played those games and you saw it, you felt it. I, I was not at the time, and I still am not, a multiplayer shooter guy, and I fell in love with Titanfall 1 mm -hmm. and played it really, really hard for a long time. Uh, for me, for mm -hmm. Vince to be, you know, the, the head coach of that. To have yeah. that vision and know what that is, I think it's an awesome move to see a move. Yeah, like especially for EA, which is a publisher that I feel like needs more wins. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you know, Respawn is kind of their one 
crown jewel right now yeah. where everybody looks at Respawn and everybody is excited for what they're doing. You know, everybody was excited for Jedi Fallen Order. Apex Legends came through. Everybody loved that. You know, Titanfall 2 came through. Everybody, you know, championed that single player narrative along with the multiplayer. Uh, and so, you know, for events to be going on and uh, starting, uh, not starting a new studio, but moving on I to mean, a new studio. For all intents and purposes, he is. Yeah. He's you going know? there. He's changing their mindset. He's changing their name. And he's going to, like he mm. says, I know it sounds goofy the way he put it because he's a goofy guy. Mm-hmm. He's saying, hey, come here. You're not just going to support other people's visions. You're yeah. making your own. Yeah. That is starting a new studio. That is making something huge, I think. Yeah. And I think that's I, that sounds awesome. I think that's going to be big for EA. Uh, I'm curious on what type of game it's going to be, whether it is going to be a single-player experience like Fallen Order or yeah. a multiplayer experience like what we know from Respawn. Yeah. Um, all this sounds great to me. Uh, I think something's interesting you tipped on. And then Jacob the Beer wrote in Patreon.com slash games with this. Hello, Greg, and Blessing. Uh, congrats on an amazing start to 2020. I wanted to ask your thoughts on Vince Zampella taking over Dice LA. It's no secret that Respawn is EA's most successful studio in terms of goodwill and making great games that people love. However, they also seem to be the most rebellious in their microtransactions in that their microtransactions are much less aggressive than a typical EA game. Mm -hmm. Frankly, there is no way they make as much money for EA as their sports franchises. Does EA tapping Vince for this studio mean they are starting to listen to the community and they care more about making good games than profits? Thank you for all the positivity. I mean, I don't necessarily think it means they care more about making good games than profits, yeah. but I do think I do think that this is EA being like, okay, we need we need good games. Like, you know, if we just keep cranking out the same sports games, the same um, you know, Battlefield or like if EA keeps putting out the same games, which get a lot of the same responses from I guess the wide gaming audience of like, oh yeah, okay, another one of these. Oh, okay, yeah, all these microtransactions. Oh yeah, all yeah. this is like EA for doing what EA does. That is going to lose goodwill, and that has been oh, losing yeah. goodwill. They've lost it. Yeah, right? yeah. Whereas you look at you look at last year, right, and you look at what Apex Legends did and what Jedi Fallen Order did, uh, and you know how well those games did and what they did for the EA name. I think EA would, you know, do great to have more of that along with, you know, their money makers. You are 100% correct and I think that's exactly what's happening here. Mm-hmm. For Jacob the Beard's question, I don't think EA's looking at this as, man, the Renegades that don't do exactly how we want it are going to go out and do that, that's why they're giving him this another studio to oversee. They want more of this. And what I really feel this is is I always talk about this because I thought it rang so true and it was sad to see it fail. In 2015, when we broke away for the first time and we went and did the GameSpot co-stage, right? Mm-hmm. Peter Moore, who was in EA, you know, in charge of EA at the time, swung by and talked to us. And he was very frank, right? That he and it was it sounded very, you know, corporate because that's how EA always sounds. But it was they were talking about their gamer first mentality. And he very specifically called out um, Unraveled. It mm-hmm. was like, we're making Unraveled. We know Unraveled will make no money. Yes. That's okay because FIFA's going to make money. Madden's going to make money. Mm-hmm. And that was an interesting bet of. What if we went and we made independent small games? What or you know not independent obviously because you're working with them, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Smaller yeah. games, cooler titles yeah. that may not get made other ways. And it not only did Unraveled, I don't think set the world on, didn't set the world on the fire. It didn't even earn them that much goodwill from it. Yeah, this is the opposite of that. Of okay, cool. You know what? Mutt and the Ultimate Teams and FIFA, all that stuff. That's going to continue to make money hand over fist. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order has done extremely well, and I'm yes. sure it made a ton of money. It could have made more money if they nickel and dimed you the whole way through for every lightsaber color you wanted or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in the end, if it is that it's made enough money, it also won back the goodwill. Yeah. People love Respawn. They love Vince. All right, then put Vince yep. on everything. And it's not a Battlefront 2 situation, you know, where you know Battlefront 2, you know, had the Star Wars license, had what should have been 
a recipe for success, but mm-hmm. you know, it came down with controversy. Yeah. Um, it wasn't able to one, it lost them tons of goodwill. Uh, and I'm sure like it probably did fine. Oh, sure. But it, it probably could have done way better. It's the normal thing of it, of doing fine versus doing Star Wars well. Yes. You know what I mean? Where I think it, it was that large uh, focus on it, right? Where our ecosystem was up in arms over the microtransactions, but mm-hmm. my friend who loves Star Wars, who has a PlayStation 4, he wasn't reading Reset Era. He yeah. didn't know what was going on. He just so going buys, buys, buys the game. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, Star Wars shooter like, game. Man, it seems like I'm like, earning credits really slowly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care, whatever. I'm not going to do it and mm-hmm. move on kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, on that as well. Now, one quick thing here before I see we have breaking news, apparently. Uh, Die had a question, patreon.com slash games, And it, I'm sorry, it was actually Jacob Die, who I assure you is different than Jacob the Beard. But I can't really assure you, but they had the different <laughs> last names. Why wouldn't you keep using them? Uh, Jacob Die says, hi, guys. Uh, I wanted to ask about the recent news about Vince Zampella taking over Dice LA. How, if at all, do you think the change will affect Respawn? Zampella described his role at Respawn going forward as akin to a head coach. Uh, how much involvement does this suggest to you? He, uh, he, how involved was he prior to this change? Uh, would we, as consumers, even notice either way? Hmm. I don't think you would, and I don't mean that in, in a bad way. I think Vince is very much not only, I don't want to say a figurehead over there, but he's the face of the company. That's, yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I think people understand him as. And so I think, yeah, when th- this article is so great at it, right, of talking of the fact that he brought in Stig to lead Fallen Order, right, that the Apex team has its own Apex people. Medal mm-hmm. of Honor has its own people. Like, I think in general, Vince will still be the face of that studio. He'll be, still be the one there talking taking the pr appointments and Mm -hmm. being out there in front of it and championing it but i think he set the pace for that right yeah i think it's you know in some ways akin to what we're doing with you Mm -hmm. where it's like i feel like me coming in here and you know for uh, five years now hosting all these shows and doing all this thing the dream has always been to bring in other people bring in talent bring in people we see from the community that are awesome have them be members full-blown of Kind of Funny and have you make your own shows and you do your own thing and mm-hmm. I don't have to touch everything. Yeah. And I think you already see that. We just didn't know it, like you're saying, uh, Jacob, the not beard, uh, with having it be, oh, well, there's a guy running Apex there and Stig was running yeah. f- Star Wars and so on and so like, forth. I also, I also kind of see it like how Kevin Feige oversees, yeah. Star, uh, not Star Wars, Marvel, mm-hmm. you know, and you still have Taika Waititi, you know, directing Thor Ragnarok, yeah. you know, uh, or like an individual director for Black Panther or whoever's directing Avengers, right? You have 100%. like, you know, these different projects that have people on them and people that are in charge of them, people that are making sure that they are on the right track. Yeah. Um, but Kevin, Kevin Feige is kind of the guy who's like, okay, I'm going to make sure things are good. I'm yeah. going to make sure these are all in the right direction. But he doesn't necessarily have, he's not necessarily out here writing the next Black Widow movie. Exactly, right? Yeah. And that's honestly what you want to see, right? Like, I think we always talk about throwing the ladder back down, you know? Mm-hmm paying it forward like letting new voices come in if, it, if vince can go over there now and with the power of his name which sounds goofy but for real yeah the power of vince zampella be over there go over there and get more people who are like oh man i'd love to go work on whatever he's helping work on or whatever team he's assembling mm-hmm. that's awesome see yeah. what comes next Sounds all right good. now what i've had inserted into my document here is tim hijack stream i want you all to know kevin spelled hijacks h-y-g-a-j-a-c-k you gotta love it you love to see it uh so here's the thing uh before the break elgato hit me up and was like hey i can't tell you that much about uh what we're doing but you're gonna want to stay tuned to uh early january like we're announcing a product that that i think is going to be very relevant to kind of funny in its audience and i was i was kind of like all right whatever like Mm -hmm. to be real totally rolled my eyes i'm like we'll fucking see turns out it is awesome okay uh you talking about the the future of like the community members and stuff being able to make content and stuff this is a perfect example of there are no more excuses like this makes it so easy to be able to make content um about video games 
Watch this trailer. We'll talk more about it. Okay. This just dropped? Yeah. All right. Should I narrate it for the audience? It's a guy putting yeah. on a hat. Should I know this guy? Blessing your young. Is this uh, one of the streamers? That looks like Does somebody. Does this guy work with Michael Ransky? Standalone 4K HDR recording. Oh. Oh. Wait, is it... So now is this going to replace our... Um, no. Elgato? I mean... Our, uh, the Shoguns. We it's, it's like... They're, this is aimed more for people that just want to take it on the go to esports events or to just to capture their own um, footage at home for like, yeah. YouTube videos or to connect and play on Twitch. Wait, hmm. but this is this is like exactly the same thing that we use to use the... the well, I guess it's much better quality. Yeah. God, do you remember, Tim, when we, you started working at IGN yeah. and we would go capture gameplay footage and it would be br- bring and wholesome? you have to bring an entire laptop <laughs> and other devices and stuff. This is just this one little thing. You oh, put okay. the SD card in. You're able to, to capture in oh. as high quality capture as you want to. HDR anyway. Huh. Oh, God. So you, would, you wouldn't need a computer. Nope. You just need this thing. OBS. You just you plug oh. it in and it's going to record and you have your file. You have exactly Dude, what you need. Dude, that's awesome. No crazy settings and stuff. You just hit record and it's going to record. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It looks awesome. Like this, this is a uh, send the internet. Dude, that's gonna be right great now. for yes. like E3 and like packs. Absolutely that's be perfect for that. That's what I'm saying. That's be crazy. Tweet went up twenty minutes ago here with the t- trailer from Miguel Lozada, content creators and gaming industry, and it's 4K HD H. I'm sorry, 4K 60 HDR over USB 3.0. 4K 60 HDR records straight to SD card, PC free. Let's make traveling to recording events and recording at conventions hmm. easy. The the over 3.0 is a, a big thing though. Like usually, you yeah. Need, like, like, I, I don't think this is like a, a huge thing. I it, mean, it is though because it's making this accessible to everybody, everybody not just yeah. people that. But like the the Aver, the the old one that we used to use. Yeah, like, but that thing, with all due respect to Aver, was never reliable. What? <laughs> <laughs> What's this thing called? I disagree. I just think that like we use things. We use them in a very yeah. specific yeah. amount. Is this just the next like? I don't know what it's called. It's, I, oh, God, I, mean, yeah. I mean, like this, the four K sixty is is like the big part of that. Yeah, but. Anyway, keep your eye on this, and if you're interested in making content, I think this is going to be a really good pickup. Look at that. Yeah. A little pat on the back from one Tim Geddes coming in here, telling you about the hotness out there. Good job to Tim. Uh, number two on the Roper Report, IGN is ditching its 100-point review scale and going down to a 10-point review scale. This is Dan Stapleton over at IGN. In the spirit of a new decade of games, movies, TV shows, and comics, we at IGN have a special announcement. We're making a change to our scoring system and dropping the decimal from our traditional 100-point scale. That means there'll be no more 7.1s or 8.9s, not even 6.5s, just nice round numbers from 1 to 10 that clearly and decisively convey what we're trying to say. After literally years of internal debate, we've come to a strong consensus that this system will improve the quality of our reviews and allow us to communicate with you better. It's a big change, so let's walk through some of the reasoning behind it. IGN has used a 100-point scale for the vast majority of our 23-year history, and in most cases, it served us well. A lot of people love the pinpoint accuracy of the system for the way it allows you to declare one thing slightly better or worse than another. Under the right circumstances, this allows you to create an ordered list of reviews that accurately reflects the very specific sequence in which they're recommended, uh, which is useful for at-a-glance comparisons. As a reviewer, it is nice to be able to recognize improvement or decline in a series, however minor, with a slightly higher or lower score. So why the change? In the experience of our current IGN Reviews team over the past several years, the reality is that these direct comparisons between extremely diverse reviews often end up inadvertently miscommunicating our intent and practice. That's especially true in the context of a large outlet like IGN, where many different critics are different 
Many different critics with different specialties work together to cover a broad spectrum of the entertainment world. Art criticism, whether you're talking about games or movies or TV shows or comic books, isn't a science. To use games as an example, uh, while you can count the pixels on screen, the number of frames per second displayed, or even the number of hours of content available, none of these things mean a game is good. Even if it's technically bulletproof and runs at 4K and 144 hertz, it can still be terribly boring. Conversely, a game that can run in 900p at 30 frames per second, parentheses, which occasionally dips into the 20s, and still be, <laughs> still be worthy of our highest rating masterpiece. Hmm. Blessing. Yes. The new IGN point scale looks like this then. 10 is a masterpiece, 9 is amazing, 8 is great, 7 is good, 6 is okay, 5 is mediocre, 4 is bad, 3 is awful, 2 is painful, 1 is unbearable. Mm. You have been a fan a long time of IGN. I have. You just joined the industry. Yes. What's your take on this? Uh, I feel like for me as somebody who, when I first got into IGN, it was through reviews. Yeah. You know, I used to, I used to just like binge game reviews, you know, because like I didn't have all the exposable uh, cash to just sure. spend on games. And so. Now you're making that kind of funny money though. Yeah. Now I'm making that kind of funny money. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I can, you know, uh, watching reviews is how I kind of uh, ingested games for a while. Um, and, you know, if you asked me back then, I probably wouldn't have liked the change yeah. uh, because I was just like a guy who I I would love to to kind of watch a review and see like okay this seems like a six point seven and whoever would give it a six point seven I'm like yes I knew it right um, as somebody who has been kind of paying attention over the last few years and kind of you know as has I I don't want to say like grown with grown with the industry but like it's kind of seen where the industry has, has gone over the last like I'd, I'd say generation yeah I think this is a great idea I yeah. think this is perfect like. At a certain point, and they kind of explain it here, right? Like, what is really the difference between a 6.5 and a 6.6? Yeah. Um, the reviewer might know the difference, but it's really hard to communicate to an audience uh, why a 6.5 is a 6.5 as opposed to a 6.6. And so I think this makes things clear. It makes things easier to communicate as far as, like, how do you feel about this game? Uh, I think it causes less arguments on the internet about, oh, like... Oh, we'll see about oh, that. You, I don't know about that, bless. Maybe a little bit. Like, oh, you gave... I don't know, man. Uncharted two and uh, you actually gave it a nine point five, right? Or no, you didn't review it. Uncharted else, two, Roper gave a nine point nine point five, right? And if he would have just manned up and given mm. it a ten, yeah. And when <laughs> I gave Uncharted three a ten, nobody would have had anything to say. And it's like, oh, you gave this thing point five, you yes, know? That's crazy. That, do you think that would have put Uncharted at nine instead of the ten? The, 10? the first Uncharted? Yeah, no, no, I don't. Too. And I'm and Kevin, can I say something? A hundred percent. I'm glad you came off the bench and you jumped into this conversation. That's a great point. I don't think it works that way because I think taking away the decimal points gives you so much more room to breathe and mm -hmm. makes it less pinpoint. This was always my argument at IGN. I when we were when I worked there and was hardcore reviewing, it was the 100 point scale. Yeah. Uh, when Casey came on, we moved to the 20 point scale, which was you Yeah. Know, and six, I like the five, 20 point seven. scale. I do too. Mm -hmm. But my in my argument for it when especially when I think I was there when we also boomeranged back to 100 point. I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. My argument was I liked the discussion that would come around of this is the bucket of eight fives. This is the bucket of eights. Mm -hmm. You go in there and you argue amongst those which one's the best. I think by generalizing it even more, because even at when I saw this come through my Twitter feed, not just that they're changing their review scale, I'm like, here we go. Like it's mm -hmm. so the fucking matrix where they're gonna go to twenty point and they'll be back to hundred and sixty yeah. or whatever. And to see that they went, no, we went ten point, I think is so much more bold in the way that it sounds offensive and I don't mean and not to IGN, I just mean it's I think it means this number matters a little bit less, even even yeah. less. I think that before when we would say on a 100-point scale, this game is a 10, a 10 it, it would be, oh, this game's perfect. People would say this game is perfect. I'm, I'm going to go and expect no 
frame tears, no slowdown, no long loads. Oh my god, it, it, what are you talking about? This game's not perfect. I ran into this glitch, and it's like that's not what I'm saying. I was yeah. saying it's a work of art. It's this masterpiece, right? Mm-hmm. I think going this way, you can give out more tens in the same way. I think when you give out five stars out of on a five point on a five star, it doesn't feel big. When Giant Bomb gives a game five stars, you're like. Oh wow, this is a great game. Yeah, it's not me saying, "Oh man, Jeff's saying this game's perfect." Yeah, but there's no flaw in this game. No, yeah, yeah. I feel I, I I think the exact same thing. I feel like saying it's a ten still means it's a ten. You know? Yeah, like I I think that you're still like five is a a weird scale where I think five is very much like what's the difference between a, a the four and a five? It, you know, it's it's that there it's it's very small. Yeah, but I I feel like ten has that history of it where it's like. No matter what, when a 10 comes out, people are going to be like, I don't know if it's supposed to be a 10. You know, like, I had these problems. Well, I mean, that's just reviews in general. No, I know. And that's Mm -hmm. the same thing as I think, you know, like, uh, we had, or we had, in your future, my past, I had Brian Altano on We Have Cool Friends. That'll go live on Thursday. Um, And we talked a bunch about IGN, not about the review score stuff, but he made a joke at one point about Death Stranding and how it reviewed differently in one IGN territory or another. And Mm -hmm. And I think, like, this doesn't solve that. If IGN UK or whoever IGN Italy gives Death Stranding a ten, in in IGN America or whatever IGN Western mm-hmm. <laughs> gave it a six or whatever they gave it, like they're still gonna be like, what the hell? That's yeah. crazy. But like, I think it's, I think this makes it where you're getting to a larger bucket, which leaves more room for discussion and makes the words in the review matter more. Yeah, which was always the argument when we were there. Yeah, but do I you, wanted people to read it. Do you think they would ever get rid of review scores? No, no, I don't, and I think that that is both good and bad Mm -hmm. like i you know obviously there was a whole sect when i was there that wanted to eliminate review scores altogether but it was a pipe dream i think because obviously ign and every website except us because we don't know what we're doing we're not really a website Mm -hmm. uh you know ign tracks like how long it takes people to scroll to the bottom of the page and they see they can see the hot traffic and they see people looking at the numbers and there is such a large percentage of people that go to that site or and i shouldn't say no a large percentage not majority necessarily i don't know i'm not looking at numbers but like that go there wanting that information. Mm. And I say that because guess what? That's me most days. Most days when I do like a review roundup here, it's like, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to know anything about this game. You know what I mean? Or I'm, I, you're further along than I am, so I'm just going to... And I scroll to the bottom, I see what the thing is, and I get the summary paragraph. Yeah. And I, think there's I a do lot, the same thing. There's a lot of people who do that. And then if it's like, if it's a reviewer I know, trust, and love, and really, like if Dorn Bush writes it, I'm going to double back to read his mm-hmm. review, right? And if it's a reviewer that I don't know well or I don't really connect with taste-wise, I'm not really that interested to double back and see it. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, I think it's different for every game and it's different for every person. There's all these different things. Like, you know, I thought it was interesting. I didn't even realize it, but Death Stranding being such a avant-garde piece of art, right? Yeah. Like, when I saw IGN's review score go live, which I don't even remember now, I was like, holy shit. And while I was pulling together the rope report, I threw up uh, Tristan's uh, video review. And I ended up watching the whole thing. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is, reg- I don't agree with him on where he comes down. But his video review is so well done. Oh, yeah. That, like, when he makes a point and he shows the loads and does yeah. the thing. And it's like, this is how long like, it takes to fast Damn, travel. I never even, like, I'm enjoying the game. I'm playing through it. It doesn't matter to me. It's all part of the experience. And I'm like, I totally see why this would drive you crazy. And yeah. I totally understand where your score is coming from. Like, that's the power of all this. And I love that. I know I say this all the time and I'm a broken record, but I love that we're in a place where you can have your favorite reviewers, you can have your favorite sites, and then you can have your favorite review mediums. Where there hmm. are, like, Concrete Genie, which I'd already beaten and already loved and already done whatever with, when I jumped in and got to read Dornbush's, I believe, review, right? Like, I wanted to consume that and be a part of that. When I wanted mm-hmm. to see why Tristan didn't love his Death Stranding thing, I got in there and got a chance to see it. Do you think much is lost by going to the 10-point scale? No. I think, it, I think honestly, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, 
I don't think much is lost. I think it's I would have I it, it's shocking to me because I would have done twenty. Yeah, I would have done. I would have said like twenty is the way to go. It gives you that wiggle room in the middle. Blah blah blah. But I understand what they're saying, and I do like we're having a discussion about. It. I think it does encourage discussions. I think it does motivate people to actually talk to one another and read why these people th- or, or watch a video and see what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, I, I don't advocate for no review scores. I think that works in certain places. Kotaku's great, right? I go there and I'll read their stuff and see basically if they like it or not like it. But again, that's based on reviewers and writers and what I want out of that experience. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I like the hundred point scale. Or yeah, I, I mean, or I'm sorry, I like point. the ten point scale. Yeah. I like the change. I think it's going to be really, really interesting. It'll be fascinating for Metacritic because, right, that's always such a big deal. Yeah. Like, especially with IGN being IGN coming in there and really swinging that big dick around. <laughs> like, I think. What does that mean? I think Gamespot does the ten point, right? Do they? I, I, so. I, I think they do. Maybe they don't. Um, maybe they did recently, but changed. It. I don't know. But oh, uh, right. from from the sites I have seen that do do the ten point scale, it seems to work out great. And so I'm oh, all fuck for it. You might be right. These are all whole numbers. Yeah. Huh. I missed that. Yeah. When I go to IGN, I just, or I'm sorry, when I go to GameSpot, I just look at audio logs. So, you know. Oh, <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> See what I'm doing? Hey, look, man, it's a $130 option. doesn't have HDR, but, you know, Aver Media. For the Dude, Aver? Tim's not even in the room anymore. What do you want me to do? I'm I don't know anything you. about I'm this thing. You, I'm just telling you. You say it's unreliable, but, like, there's a re- we have an Elgato. I don't use it, though. You know what I mean? Okay. You know what I'm saying? I do. I like Aver Media. Okay. They helped. Are, they, are we still using Aver? I don't know anymore. I don't yeah, know how you got all this stuff. Frankenstein. We have two of them right now. Frankenstein. Yeah. I don't know, Kev. Oh, fuck. I went to scratch my face and I hit my nostril. Oh, I, no. looked, yeah, I looked like you were picking your nose in front of me. I did not no, know what you were doing I, with I that. I went to go scratch right here and I missed. Oh, fuck. Okay. I think I bruised it. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, Lord Opponent, you're wrong, says it's the Elgato 4K60 S Plus has a uh, huh. MSRP of $400. Yeah, see. Whoa. How or, much was the everything? $130. It, it doesn't have HDR. But we've never once used any of our HDR Shogun recorders. You know what I mean? Like Wait, we, what? Like, our Shoguns record yeah. in HDR, two of them. Okay. But we've never been like, let's make sure we use the one that records in HDR so that we can export with HDR recording. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of people want their stuff to look good. We just want it to go live. Same reason when we play the but Switch, saying, there's like yeah. some the, crackle and nobody can figure out. The people that want it to look good are spending $1,000 on a Shogun. That's the best recording equipment possible. Okay. But that's what Kev says. Take it to the bank. He's going to fix my computer later. What's wrong with it? Remember, it doesn't have <laughs> While I'm here, Katie is asking about why her Patreon name wasn't read. Uh, Katie, you're a lovely person and a great supporter of ours. However, the names we read at the beginning of this show would have been for December's Patreon. Because we wait till the end of the month, then read the next. So now when January ends, let me tell you, February... Pack a fucking lunch for the amount of, of Patreon producers we're going to have because you guys are amazing and oh, very boy. supportive and we love you and patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Send us to Pittsburgh. Number three on the Roper Report. Uh, Final Fantasy VII is apparently getting a demo. Now, of yeah. course, is this big news? No. Patapon 2 is apparently releasing a very, very soon as well. Oh, for real? Do you think so? Because wasn't that like leaked forever ago? With this and thing. It's... With this thing. Okay, that's a good point. came out the same day. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. Now, what happened is, of course, Patapon 2. You know, we'll cover this on PSL. Right now, let's talk about Final Fantasy VII. A demo got art posted. Everybody's like, it's happening. Then it never posted. However, it kind of posted. And if you go through the right back channels, you can figure out how to get it. And everybody data-minded, it turns out. This is Matt Perslow over at IGN. A demo for Final Fantasy VII Remake has reportedly leaked onto the internet, which has not only revealed the existence of a demo, but also contains files pointing to many elements of the final game. PSA, none of the leaked spoilers for Final Fantasy VII Remake are in this story. The files point to a variety of bosses, redesigned characters, story beats, and areas that will seemingly be present in the final version. 
of Final Fantasy VII Remake. The full soundtrack has also been ripped from the files. As such, for those looking to experience the game unspoilt, is that a word? Unspoiled? Unspoiled? It's I a mean, word now. Matt's smarter than me, so I trust it. Uh, it makes sense to avoid all of Reddit, Twitter, and other social media threads regarding the leak. Be vigilant out there. That's a bummer. I mean, it's exciting that there's a demo, but apparently, yeah, it's a bummer that there's going to be information floating, floating out around there. Now, Final Fantasy VII is an old game, and so like I, I feel like, you know, character moments, like big big events in the story, yeah, aren't going to be as you know, variety of bosses redesign characters, story beats, and areas. That's the thing. That's the thing is like avoiding like images of redesigned bosses or like you know cool looking things. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I love cool looking things. Cool looking things. Uh, that's probably going to be a thing to avoid. But um, what would you say your favorite genre of video game is? Oh, I love. Well, <laughs> well you know, I mean, the genres I come and go with, but I love cool looking oh, yeah. things. Man, but uh, cool that there's a demo coming. Yeah. Seemingly. Yeah, no, like, that's the thing about it. Like, you know, from... I've tried multiple times to play the original Final Fantasy VII. I understand it's a masterpiece. I understand it was mm-hmm. a touchstone, yada, yada, yada. I've never been able to yeah, like it. I'm with you. Get it to it. I'm with you. And so when I got at PAX, PAX 2019 to West uh, to go play the Final Fantasy VII remake thing, and Tim was like, you're going to like it, you're going to like it, you're going to like it. I was like, I don't know, man. Played it, and I was like, I do like this. Mm-hmm. And so I would... I'd love other people to have that experience. I would love to get even more familiar with the controls so that... When it drops, I don't feel like a complete noob and don't know what's going on. Do you know any spoilers of Final Fantasy VII? Oh, you, wait, like, like the story? The, yeah, the story yeah, of the original. Like you can't okay, because there are like quite a few big events that happen that like I feel like are now just part of... It's like Luke, I am your father type right. stuff. Whereas like if you know video games, you probably know yeah, yeah, what yeah. happens in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I do. But it's uh, that... So there is that hope of playing through it of like, what did they change? Would yeah. I notice it? Probably not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But Because they're going to keep the same major story beats you. So. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a question though from Joe Meredith. Joe Meredith wrote in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says, Do leaks ruin games? Recently, a demo for Final Fantasy VII was leaked to the PSN, and data miners were able to uncover details from the game that were not yet available to us, including screenshots, which, judging by the quality, is clearly not the final build. I was wondering what your guys' opinions of leaks were. Do they make you more or less excited for a game? Is it unfair to the devs to have their hard work spoiled for them? See, spoiled, not spoiled. Uh, <laughs> why is there such a huge leak culture in games journalism? I feel like there's multiple questions in there. Yeah. I feel like... Uh, so right now where we're with is, I don't like the data mining stuff. I wish that stuff didn't happen to game builds. It depends for me. Like, uh-huh. I, lo- I love it when it comes to Smash characters mm-hmm. or, like, DLC. Stuff okay. where it's, like, the game's already came out. We've already played the you game. You had your chance to enjoy it. We- yeah, we've yeah. already enjoyed it. And now, like, here's, like, future stuff coming out for the game. I yeah. like that stuff. I like it when it's not story-heavy games. And so, yeah, fighting games um, or, like, you know, I don't know how, if, you, if you could, like, leak a puzzle game. But, like, you know, stuff yeah, that... Please <laughs> leave me a new witness. <laughs> stuff that is, like, okay, you aren't... These, these aren't big narrative story games or these aren't games with, like you know, crazy reveals, like this character died, you know, that sort of thing. Like, if it's not that, I could be very into it, yeah. you know, like fighting fighting game characters. But um, when it's something like, when it's something like this, right, where it is Final Fantasy VII, where we've all been waiting for this game, we all want to experience the story, it's going to be, what, 30 hours long, probably. Um, that's a bummer, you know? Yeah. And so I don't, I don't like that stuff. Yeah, and it's that thing of, I think, well, I remember when Last of Us, they put out something that got data mined. I remember there being a big brouhaha that all the chapters got, like the titles of them got broken down. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even the, I don't even remember if they turned out to be real because obviously it was so long ago and mm-hmm. then you play the game and I wasn't even thinking about it. But it was that idea of like, 
I don't even want to think that way. I don't even want to know that that's a possibility. Like I love yeah. the you know unexpected part of it, and I feel like there's such a difference between games and movies. Today, I was in the back room, right, mm-hmm. and you you were here, and Barrett walked in, and you're oh, like, yeah. "Man, uncut gems." <laughs> and Barrett blurted out the ending at the end. Oh yeah, I, and I thought about saying something. like, Well, what do I care? I'm like, yeah. I couldn't even get motivated out to go out and see it yet. But <laughs> when like, he said, I was like, "Does he know Greg's <laughs> yeah, in yeah. the back?" But but it was like that's like okay, whatever. Two hours, and I'm gonna enjoy the journey to that part. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean to get where we are. And so it's the same thing here with this of. I don't know. Final Fantasy VII is such a bad example for me, especially because I don't know the spoilers and, and I don't know the, I don't know the source material well yeah. enough. But like, if you were to put out, you know, I don't want Last of Us Part Two spoiled. Yeah, you know, what I mean, that was one of the, that's always the you know one of the few. That's not right at all. There's a lot of great one. Of, one of the great things about being us and getting games early, right, is mm-hmm. the idea that you get to play through these things and not have to worry about that. You yeah, know? and it's always I think it happened with Death Stranding actually, where I was mm-hmm. like. 60% through the story or whatever and sure enough there was the, the tweet of like spoilers are out there be careful I'm like fucking yeah. hell really god damn it now I gotta be careful you know yeah. what I mean like, that's the thing that sucks I hate that so yeah. much um, so like yeah. yeah the data mining and that stuff that sucks people going out and just shouting like when Dumbledore dies or whatever like that sucks like mm-hmm. come on like I don't leaks are such a weird thing where when you you bring in games journalism Joe and I think that plays more to like you know Jason Schreier t- yeah. talking about what the next Assassin's Creed is going to be Mm-hmm. That's different to me than a leak of I've read I've finished the game before you I've data mined this thing out I'm mm-hmm. screaming all this stuff from the highest rooftops versus Ubisoft's financial call said this thing and if you cross reference this LinkedIn profile it looks like Ragnarok's what the next Assassin's Creed is going to be. But Joe asks here, is it unfair to devs to have their hard work spoiled for them? Which I feel two ways about because I think on one side you know as far as like the Jason Trier stuff and revealing yeah. like the next Assassin's Creed or revealing like this next um, you know unannounced game. I think that's part of the game. That's part of the industry. That's yeah. part of journalism. That's part of all that stuff. And so, like, I think that's just what you get. Uh, on the other side, I do understand, you know, when a oh, surprise yeah. is ruined um, and, like, working for a dev, I feel like I, I can understand how that would be a bummer. And so I'm of two minds. I'm not, I don't necessarily think there's a right place to be with that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I get yeah, it. I, I, I think you're able to see both sides of it. Yeah. And that's what's important. And I think. That is, you know, when I when you do see someone leak something, when you like when uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, right, got leaked on the Montreal subway because yeah. somebody was working on their laptop on, and you're like, God, that sucks. But also, why would you mm. be working on? You know, like there's so many this that and back. Yeah, and or like the, and, the Walmart leak, you right? Know, when yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing happens, yeah. it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, and it, I mean, I think you know, I think about again with you and kind of funny day where it was like we were all so worried that you were gonna leak for oh, all yeah. the little <laughs> thing that matters to you know. A couple hundred thousand people out there, like mm-hmm. where it's like, don't let anyone know that blessings here. And I was like worried about sending emails mentioning you or mm-hmm. updating Google Docs with your names. Yeah, and it's like to then put it on a grander scale of you know like the Naughty Dog story of like having company meetings of like don't be that guy, mm-hmm. don't leave your USB around, don't do this thing, like don't be that person that screws up all this hard work. It's way too much pressure and it sucks. Number four on the Roper Report, The Witcher. Is big again. This is another one that broke while we were gone. Andy Chalk at PC Gamer writes, As we reported over the weekend that more people were simultaneously playing The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt uh, than were playing it when it first released, which, in case you'd forgotten, was all the way back in 2015. And it's not as it slouched out the door back then either. According to Steam Charts, its peak concurrent player count in May 2015 was an impressive 92,268. 
That number has continued to climb since the weekend, and today, the nearly five-year-old game set another new mark, surpassing 100,000 concurrent players for the first time ever. Jeez. Breaking into the top five games on Steam is probably out of reach, parentheses, although I wouldn't count anything out at this point, but muscling past Destiny 2 is impressive enough all on its own. This sudden resurgence in popularity, as we noted previously, is almost certainly attributable to the success of The Witcher on Netflix. And curiosity about the game has been easy to indulge, thanks to ridiculously good sale prices on The Witcher 3 on Steam and GOG, and free time to sink into it over the holidays. The fact that it's an outstanding RPG is probably a factor, too. That's wild. That's just Steam numbers, right? That's just Steam, right, yeah. Man, and that game is, I believe, on Xbox Game Pass, Uh, which must mean that a lot of people are playing that game right now. Well, I mean, that was the thing is like these Steam stories were so much easier to chart, but then you did see other people talking about mm. up- updates here and this, uh, the other, and like PlayStation was tweeting about it, and like definitely they were seeing upticks in it, and it makes a hundred percent sense. Yeah, it happened to me. Really? Like we were watching, we sat down and marathoned uh, The Witcher over two days, and it was literally at the halfway point where I was like, "Fuck, I'm about to start this game again." Really? Yeah. And Jen's like, "I want it. I haven't. I've never played it. Me too." And so we bought it for her on Switch. I had them, I had it on Switch and PS4. Mm. Downloaded it both. Started on Switch. Got through the tutorials into yeah. the world, and I'm like, "This is hurting my eyes." <laughs> playing oh, yeah. this on a small screen. I'm like, "I'm gonna plug my Switch into the dock." And then I was like, "No, I'm not gonna be an idiot. I'm gonna play <laughs> it on PlayStation 4 Pro." And did that. And mm-hmm. So I started it up there and played a couple hours of it. And then I was like, "Wait, no. There's so many games. There's so many things I need to play on this break that aren't in The Witcher 3." Mm-hmm. But it scratched the itch for a while, and it was there. Dude, that's. That's awesome. You know, I wouldn't have expected it to jump that much, but uh, I think that's cool. I think that's dope that, like, you know, just by releasing a show on Netflix, you know, that could translate so well to, you know, people jumping back in or new people jumping in. I was listening to an older KFGD, like, literally yesterday, um, and it was, there was a new story about a new Cuphead show coming to Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think the same thing might happen to other other games? Yeah, I mean, I I think this is such a, uh, the Cuphead show, like, I don't, is that going to be a kid's show? Is that going to be a what show? I think it's like a family show. That might make it tougher. The fact that The Witcher was like, hey, Game of Thrones kind of fucked it up, and we're going to come out and be this different kind of Game of Thrones, right? Like, you still want that thing, and what you want's gone, I think really benefited it. Hmm. And being able to jump into it that way and have Henry Cavill and have a bunch of boobies and a whole bunch of yeah. monsters and stuff. Right? Yeah. Kevin, are we reviewing The Witcher this week on Screencast? Yeah, this week. This, this week. This nice. Friday. Yeah. Like, I think you could see it, but I don't know if you'll see it to this extent, if you see mm. this number about it, right? Like, because this was insane. That it was, I it was such a weird wildfire thing of, you know, we watched that first two days or whatever and I did it and Jen did it and then I saw our friends start doing it and it was like this domino effect of everybody jumping back to play it and then everybody going like woof man combat doesn't really hold up oh yeah <laughs> oh man this is a different thing 2015 seems so close but it wasn't mm-hmm. yeah. yeah did you ever play Witcher I played probably like 15 hours of Witcher and I fell off um, but I, I mean I loved what I played of it the thing is I'm not a I'm not a huge fantasy person yeah um, I like sci-fi more which is why I'm super excited for cyberpunk oh yeah um, oh, yeah. but even from what I played of Witcher I was like yo this is probably some of the best side quest writing oh my God, dude. I'd, totally. I've ever experienced and that was awesome like you know I mean going in there and not being an expert of the Witcher by any stretch of the imagination right mm-hmm. I played Witcher 3 for 30 hours or whatever and fell off but I yeah. never got out of Act 1 but like I knew Triss and I knew Yennefer yeah, and like yeah. some of the stories I was like oh I remember I, I see what they're pulling from but it went the opposite for me of like Jumping into The Witcher 3 blind with no backstory back in the day in 2015, I jumped in. I'm like, all right, so I'm going to play Geralt as a hero, like I guess. Mm-hmm. like He's just going to do everything and turn down money and yada, yada, yada. And then watching the show and getting context for like what he is and how he's just over everybody's bullshit and this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. And then on top of that, like learning the references, right, of like when they call him the Butcher of Blavica or whatever. Yeah. Like when... 
you see that in the show. And then when I went and looked at the trophy list, I'm like, how close did I had a platinum? And I was like, I had a trophy for that. I was like, oh fuck, huh. like, they, and it was, and That's it wasn't, awesome. it wasn't because I did that mission. It was just like mm-hmm. I killed however many guys in 60 seconds. Yeah, and I was like. Fuck, there's a whole universe and world here yeah. that I totally didn't get. I've only watched the first episode of The Witcher so far. What'd you think? Uh, I liked it. It's very yeah. interesting. It's a polarizing one. Yeah, really? Right? When, when I finished it, and then Jen and I finished it, and we're like, let's start it again. We uh-huh. never do that. We watched it again. And really? then I, when I came in and Kevin liked it, I was like, yeah. And then I've seen like Damon from IGN was like, this shit I hate sucks. It. So I was like, oh my interesting. God. Um, but even then, just watching that first episode, I think there was there was like a decision that he had to make. Oh, yeah. he didn't really make the decision, but it, there was the question that kind of came up of like, all right, do I take out this person or do I take out this person? Because they're both asked me to do different things. Um, and once I got to that part, I was like, huh, that is very reminiscent of the game, you know, with all the different choices yeah. um, and how they kind of like paint everything gray. And so I think, you know, the show so far, from what I've watched, seems super cool. And yeah. I, I'm a little bit motivated to go back to The Witcher 3. I probably will not because there's so time. much else. Yeah, there's, there's so, so many. There's play. a lot of other games to play. And so uh, it seems cool, though. Yeah. No, I thought it was really well done. I'm interested to see season two. And I'm awesome to see, you know, Witcher 3 take off again because obviously we love the dudes and dudettes over at Cyberpunk. Yeah. Or, you know, CD Project Red. Sorry. Mm. I'm so excited for Cyberpunk. Uh, number five, an easy one. That. I can't believe it either, folks. Dreams has gone gold. This is a tweet from Media Molecule. We've got some exciting news to share. Community, but they use the MM, like community. Mm. Uh, Dreams PS4 has gone gold. We're all set for February 14th, 2020. Thank you for all the love and support you've shown Dreams and Media Molecule. We're so excited to continue this adventure with you. Blessing, it's finally happening. It's really happening. I can't believe it, honestly. Dreams is a real game. It's gone gold. It'll be out in February. Man, how, do you, how different do you think it's going to be from that? Was it a beta? Early access, creators early access. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be a game. Like the mm-hmm. early access stuff was very much like here, make stuff. Yeah. Did you see this thing going around over the weekend of the breakfast? Yes, uh, dude, Kevin, that looked crazy. Can you Google it and show it to everybody? It just Google this breakfast was made in dreams. Somebody made like an, a full English breakfast, but I'm, when I say that, I mean they just painted a full or modeled a full English breakfast in Dreams, and it looks like a real photo. Yeah, um, I think it's going to have the traditional media molecule story level trophy mm-hmm. thing mode that'll teach you everything later on top of it, mm-hmm. which I'm starting to get excited for. Yeah, now that we're actually there. Yeah, Kevin, can you throw that up? That's it right at the top, or that's it. Hold on. Uh, to get there and actually see. Yeah, so here we go. Uh, who is this? John Beach, Joe Beach. Oh, John yeah. Beach. So this I was made published in my first full beach breakfast in hashtag Made in Dreams uh, for all to have a closer look at. And so, oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Right? Like, it doesn't only look good. It looks appetizing. Yeah. No, it <laughs> looks, I mean, you would think this if it didn't if you didn't, if you didn't get told that this was that you would think this mm-hmm. is a photo of somebody's full English breakfast. I saw a video of uh, somebody who created like a mocap kind of thing with uh-huh. their PS4 controller in Dreams, where essentially they would like tape things to their eyebrows into different parts of their face. Um, and when they'd like move an eyebrow, it would move the um, the trigger of the P- of the uh, DualShock Four slightly, and you would see the character in game essentially mimic their face, like like mocap, mm, mm, which is mm. out of this world. Like there are things people are doing in Dreams that seem like it's, it's like how are you doing this? One hundred percent. And so that's I, really exciting. I've always been interested, and in, uh, when I came out at that E three, geez, what Kevin. 2017, back in the day, after like mm-hmm. finally, and I brought Andy, I dragged Andy back into it to watch it and see it all. Like when I learned what the creation tools were, when I understood how experience was working, when I understood they are literally encouraging if you just want to model, if you just want to do voices, if mm-hmm. you just want to do music, and you're going to get the same benefit as everybody else. 
that seemed like such a cool thing. And getting into more people's hands, I think, is going to be the real test. And I hope that the base levels they're putting on top of it are interesting and exciting enough as in the same way Little Big Planet was that yeah. it's pulling me through. It's I, Those are games that, you know, I, what, I platinum one and two, I think. And I, I'd be totally down to platinum this if it's more of that. If it's more, here's all this awesome stuff. And then it does the, well, you know, create for 30 minutes, create for an hour, mm-hmm. do whatever. Yeah. I don't know what I'd make or if I could make anything decent, but. Do you think it's going to get that little little bit Big Planet kind of reaction where people get into it? I don't know, man. I mean, my my gut would say no. Mm-hmm. I, I My heart w- wants to believe that, but I just feel we're in such a different place that there's so much going on mm-hmm. that... There I, is a lot going on. There's so much going on yeah. all the time. With You have two new consoles coming. You have this dominance of the Switch. You have PC continuing. You have VR. You have mobile. You have mm-hmm. Apple Arcade. Like you, th- you have all the games, Last of Us, right? You have so much coming out this year that you're going to put out this game that I still just don't think is marketable easily, mass scale. Mm-hmm. Like, this is awesome. This guy made a fucking breakfast. You can't put that in a commercial during an NBA game and make people go, man, that's a game I want to play. Yeah. They're like, wow, what a cool creation, sweet tool thing. Like, Media Molecule's levels and the stuff they've designed has to be on another level, right? Of like, you look at it, you're like, I get it. I'm controlling these things. I'm going through and I can make stuff at the end. Otherwise, it's going to have this niche audience that is in love with it and wants to do stuff with it. I know the Dreams community is already amazing. Media Molecule has one of the best communities. Oh, yeah. And so I've already seen them jump into it and go with it oh man look oh at wow yeah, look, see how he's making it i mean like i've seen them go in and be part of this and want to create stuff and create cool shit but i don't know what the success is on that kevin can you get the mouse cursor off and i know you're gonna get yelled at by somebody about that like i don't i wish i could tell you that Wait, what is it adding right now it's like a paintbrush right now yeah i think yeah. it's like shadowing yeah yeah he's, he was adding shadows i think if you so go cool. to the beginning if you want to re go it i think the little imp has uh, like a brush head on his bottom that has like a uh, shadow that he's dropping on everything. I don't think they like being called that. Imp? Isn't that their name? I think Damn. that's what they're called. <laughs> I'm just fucking around. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like where they come from, that's a derogatory term. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I. What do you think? Do you think it's going to set the world on fire? Do you think it's going to find an audience? Do you? I mean, I think, I think critically it's going to do well. You know, I think people are going to be really impressed with it. But yeah, I don't... I'm kind of with you, uh, but I, I think the thing is, this being the end of the generation, I think this is obviously going to get ported in some way obviously. to the PS5, yeah, yeah. and maybe I think there is where it finds the audience, and there is where it grows. Like I think Dreams would make an awesome launch title, but I feel like they kind of have to put it out on the PS4. Here's my thing, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. Now, cause, and this is before they even announced Creator Access, I think. What e- Dreams would make, even if it was just... What Dreams would make in any context you want to give it would be a great pack-in title. Yeah. When you turn on your PlayStation 5, it is pre-installed. Even if it's just, here are three levels and the creation suite. Here is, uh, I don't even know, a video to show you this cool thing and then two levels to play. Like, Mm -hmm. There's something there that I feel they could totally crush on PlayStation 5. Oh, yeah. You jump in and you don't know what it is and bam, you're off. Because like this this is a game that you'd want to see live for a while, right? Oh, yeah. Like, it's not it's not a one and done. This is a game that you would want to last for years. And so to be putting this out at the very end of the PS4 life cycle, I think... It's a short change of it, right? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I don't think that was obviously the vision in the beginning. Yeah. That they wanted it to go on this long and take this long to get out. But now that you're here, you have to. And again, like, the fact that from everything we've seen, PlayStation hasn't shied away from it. Mm-hmm. I think they've had ample opportunity to kill this in silence 
to end dreams, mm-hmm. close media molecule, it's done. It would have been years ago. We wouldn't even be thinking about it. It would come up in retrospectives. Yeah. Like the fact that they've let them go and they believe in enough to let them complete it and they believe in enough to let them have this early access beta, which is unheard of for PlayStation, how they're doing it. How is this fucking working? <laughs> dude, dreams this is, is crazy. crazy about, dude. I yeah. don't understand. I don't understand. How is this working? So right now on screen, it's it's a guy playing pool. Um, using he, actual pool. Like, he's got it on his TV. Yeah. And he's using, yeah his he's, TV is laying flat. Yeah. Yeah. I would think what? He's using the PlayStation. Okay. New project, pool snooker. Uh, this one's particularly fun to develop. Everything's live input by me interacting with my TV on my dining room table. The physics are a tad off, though. I'm learning some new things to troubleshoot here. Anybody fancy a game? You found this by clicking on Made in Dreams, Kev? Uh, no, I was hanging. I was uh, clicking down that guy. He, the oh, John's thing? did the breakfast. Yeah. He mm-hmm. works for... Uh, Medium molecule? Medium molecule. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see, like, that's... This is... I mean, you look at this and it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this thing is so goddamn cool. Yeah. But it does come down to... I guess, how are you going to market? How are you going to promote it? And I guess that's one of the things for me, especially with us starting mm-hmm. today or restarting a PlayStation podcast today of like, I'm into, I love Media Molecule. Always have, always will. And I love when they make weird shit. I'm totally down to jump into the creator. The creator's beta never, in, I have it. I still could download it and fuck with it right now. Has never enticed me because I'm not going to create. I'm here yeah. to play. And so like, has everybody got their feet and got up and got up to speed and started making stuff? It's cool. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, the breakfast is cool. I don't want to. I'm not going to go in and play you, the breakfast. Have you gotten to jump in to the beta and like check yeah, out what's like there? Yeah, like for two seconds. Okay. I think it might even have been at an event. I don't think it's on my home unit. The, at all. the really cool thing for me is that I noticed because I jumped in the first week and I was like, okay, like there's there's some cool stuff here, but like a lot of stuff seems unfinished and it's like a lot of work in progress stuff and it's a lot yeah, of yeah. concept ideas. And then maybe like four weeks later, I jump back in and like stuff had developed and like i started seeing more and more cool ideas more and more fleshed out things and then like four more weeks passed and i jumped back in and you can you can see the actual progress of like more and more uh projects like you know coming to their coming to the their completion uh seeing more and more people throwing cool uh ideas and so yeah like i think after after some time passes and maybe maybe that'll be the thing right where and that's when, my thing yeah, yeah. Like why i've let it cook is like mm-hmm. especially now being gold in february right around the corner even me of like i should jump in and fuck around i was like well wait till the full thing wait yeah. till uh, i get re- i have a question oh yeah Kevin Kuala. did the vr ever come out no that's that they what they originally said was that was going to be like day 1.5 like that's going to be right after they get the thing out but like that they got to yeah. focus on this God, and i think yeah. that was before doing that shit in vr has always been like oh yeah that and that was be before awesome. they got into any of the hey like we're putting out the creator beta only and then hey we're doing this thing and doing that yeah that's what i want to do i want to sculpt in vr yeah. like i'm not even a sculptor yeah. but just but the idea of it rad, yeah. yeah it sounds cool We'll be keeping our eyes on dreams here on Kind of Funny Games Daily and P.S. I Love You XOXO. But the next episode of P.S. I Love You XOXO is so far away. Blessing, if I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops. Where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, let me tell you, it is definitely a Monday after a long holiday. Ultimate Racing 2D on Switch. <laughs> Blackmore 2 on Switch. Invisible Fist on Switch. Weenie, maybe? Wine. Wien? Wine? PC. Uh, Araha. Curse of Yoon Island. PC. Chameleon. PC. Dumb Fight on PC. <laughs> and then Hero Mini Maker on PC. New dates for you? None. Again, everyone is asleep. I had no press releases this morning. You know, the, day, the year is getting up to speed. 
Wait for it. Uh, while we are gone, though, deals of the day for you. Uh, PS Plus for January is Uncharted Collection and Goat yeah. Simulator. Dude, that's a great month. That's an amazing That's an awesome month. Are you kidding month. me? The Nathan Drake Collection, all three Uncharted's right there for you on your PlayStation 4? Hell yeah, go get those trophies. And then, a huge one, Xbox Game Pass got GTA 5 while we were gone. Wild. Insane. Wild. There it is. Ready to go. That's crazy. Uh, How much do you think they paid for that? Uh, Rockstar's just rolling in it. You yeah. know what I mean? I doubt they like, cut him a deal either. There's <laughs> <laughs> like, give us the cash. Uh, Hipster Marcel wrote in and said, Xbox Game Pass is probably the best deal in gaming at the moment with hundreds of games for the Xbox platform and dozens for PC. What do you think Sony, Steam, Epic, and possibly even Nintendo will do in the near future to compete with it? Will PlayStation rebrand PlayStation Now into Game Pass-like service? Will Epic launch their own subscription service? Dream big! Loving the energy in your first stream of the year. Keep up the good work. Hipster Marcel. Blessing? Yes. You get to answer this question when we come back. Because I didn't tell you about our sponsors, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for reading mail, as you can already tell, because I started it. You can write into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where you can get the show ad-free and with an exclusive post-show. And speaking of those ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Mint Mobile. If you're still using one of the big wireless providers this year, have you asked yourself what you're paying for? Between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, and hidden fees, you're being taken advantage of because they know you'll pay. Enter Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves on retail locations and overhead, then passes those savings directly to you. Tim got this for his mom. It's been a lifesaver. It's easy. He just pays what she needs. Uh, Mint Mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text. With Mint Mobile, stop paying for unlimited data you never use. Choose between plans with 3, 8, or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep the same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash games. That's mintmobile.com slash games. Cut your wireless bill down to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash games. Blessing. Yes. Hipster Marcel wants to know if you think anyone's going to compete with Xbox Game Pass. What's your take? I mean, PlayStation Now is kind of the competition to Game Pass. Yeah, you, you, but even it's just, you can't say it with a straight face. Yeah, no, I can't. But, like, they've been making steps. Yeah, oh, yeah. They've yeah. been making it they've better. They've actually over got years. PlayStation 4 games on yeah. there now. Yeah, yeah. And my prediction is with PS5, you see some sort of revamp to PlayStation Now. Like, I don't, I don't know if they'll rename it. Maybe renaming it is probably a good idea because I think PlayStation Now just gets kind of laughed at whenever, whenever it comes up. Or maybe not even laughed at, but just not looked at by any means with the same reverence as Xbox Game Pass. Um, and so I, I, I think they do something with it when the PS5 launches. Um, what they do with it, I don't know because I don't think PlayStation would want to put their first party games on that platform the way day Xbox, day, does. Like Xbox yeah, does. Yeah, day and yeah. day like Xbox does. Um, and that's like the big thing that, I mean, aside from like all the other great games that are on Game Pass, that's like the big thing for Game Pass is that when Bleeding Edge comes out, that's going to be on Game Pass. When Halo Infinite comes out, that's going to be on Game Pass. When um, Hellblade 2 comes out, that's going to be on Game Pass. And, you know, all those are big games um not to mention gta 5 not to mention i believe devil may cry 5 is on there not to mention a bunch of other like huge games that are on game pass um and so like how does playstation combat that i guess making making the same level of deals as xbox is, is making. my whole thing is like 
it's not even it's not even how do they combat it's do they want to combat it Mm -hmm. people are pointing something out that i should have called out and i didn't call out you're right playstation now had gta 5 Mm -hmm. Uh, as charles j says j says gta 5 has been on playstation now during the period october 1st 2019 to january 2nd 2020 it was literally Mm -hmm. the next day that like as soon as that deal was over game pass announced interesting okay and the difference there is that when Game Pass announced games, everybody pays attention and looks at it. Whereas yes. with PlayStation Now, it doesn't People seem don't like care. anybody does, right? Yeah. It's just that thing of like, oh, they're adding whatever to this. Because it's not this constant stream of games. It's not mm-hmm. this day-and-date release, for the most part, of games. Yeah, how do that. you think they make people care, though, the same way people care about Here's Game Pass? Here's my thing is, I don't know if they need to. Hmm. It's this weird business dollars and cents thing of, if I'm PlayStation and I'm looking at how this generation, we have killed it, mm-hmm. do I look at that and I'm like, man... Even, and again, PlayStation Now, remember, was has is doing better financially per capita, whatever the hell that number was we were kicking mm-hmm. around a while back, like in terms of making up digital sales because it was more money or however it was. I forget yeah. the re- reasoning. Kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. But PlayStation Now was on top in terms of dollars spent on the digital subscription service. Mm-hmm. That number combined with the, the runaway success of the PlayStation 4, like you look at that and you're like, all right, cool. Like This is something we might need to worry about, but we don't now. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing, and that's the whole thing is Xbox Game Pass got aggressive and got into this deal because they needed to try to figure out how to get you to come to Xbox. Mm-hmm. My thing is when Xbox Series X launches against PS5, I feel like Xbox Game Pass is going to be a huge factor there. I do too. You know, when you come in and like, obviously, I want to say, hopefully, I imagine your PS4 games, digital games, will carry over to your PS5. Yeah, this time around, I think. Yeah, this time around. It's all backwards. Um, And so, you know, you don't have the worry of, oh, I'm coming into PS5 with no games. Oh, Xbox Game Pass has all these games from Mm -hmm. all these different Mm -hmm. platforms. You know, I imagine you will have your PS4 games on your PS5. Yeah. Um, And so... Even 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 then though, like there are still so many games on Game Pass that are going to be available for you at launch with Series X, um, which you will also have a lot of games available a bit available to you from PS Now. But I don't think the catalogs currently are comparable. Even though I haven't seen the PlayStation the Now thing. catalog, and, and again, in a while. it's how PlayStation deals with it, right? Mm-hmm. Where it was a big deal that they were putting God of War on it, right, in Uncharted Four. Oh yeah, they, but yeah. then remember those cycle off. Or yeah. Spider Man was it Spider Man? Uh, and they cycle off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blessing Senior writes and it says PS Now has monthly updates. It just got Uncharted, Lost Legacy, and Horizon. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing, you know, two on, two off. It's this weird thing of that is awesome and good. Don't get me wrong, but. It's not nearly as clean a messaging as Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. Every Microsoft exclusive first party game is going to be day and date with this. Boom. Mm-hmm. We're going to make deals with people to make their game day and date with this. Boom. Like, there's reasons I think that Game Pass gets more headlines than PS Now. Mm-hmm. PS Now is a great service and doing well. I'm not saying all that stuff, but it's just not grabbing headlines that way. And I don't, and I agree with you that that's what I've said on all these shows for years now that. Xbox, I think a while ago, admitted they lost this generation and started building for the future with this foundation yeah. of Game Pass, of accessibility, of being pro gamers and game. And all right, cool, put our games everywhere and, put, and let everybody in. Let's all play together. And that foundation, when we get to Xbox Series X versus PlayStation Five, gets really heated and interesting. Of if PlayStation comes out and it is just like, hey, it's what you love about PlayStation Four, but it's the PlayStation Five. It's better graphics. It runs better. There's instantaneous loading, and here's all these exclusives we're gonna have. And Xbox is able to come out and say, hey, as we've, uh, there's a bunch of stuff coming up, but hey, we're more powerful, we're more money, but we have all these services, we have this whole ecosystem, mm-hmm. and we have all these first parties, yeah. and, and we have xCloud, and you're, you know, you're d- playing your game everywhere, because again, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what blessing. I, you know how I'm always talking about Stadia and xCloud and how I want the streaming future and all this shit, and so many people. What about you, remote play, Greg? 
what about remote play, Greg? And mm-hmm. I'm like, I've used remote play. It's not that great. And like, oh, it's better now. It's better now. What's happening over there, Kev? Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Uh, every, okay. I'm like, okay, great. Well, that's good to know. I fucking remote played some shit in my own living room for my PlayStation 4. Garbage. Yeah. I was playing a platformer. I had to start jumping at different times. I was like, this is... No, this isn't what I want. This mm-hmm. is what kills these kind of experiences. Mm-hmm. So if xCloud can run off of everything and do off of everything, why wouldn't I play my games there? Mm-hmm. Do you think at a certain point... Um, game subscription services like Game Pass and PlayStation Now will become the main way in which people access their games as opposed to buying digital? What I, that's so crystal ball looking forward yeah. to future stuff that's hard to say. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be, it, it could easily be that your equivalent to Xbox Game Pass becomes the way a majority of people are playing their stuff. Mm-hmm. That they're like, it's my best friend who doesn't care about how new, new stuff is, isn't trying to buy, isn't watching E3, you know what I mean? Like, that he's just jumping in and trying a bunch of stuff. It could be in a similar way to, like, okay, this movie's, you know, right now I could go watch The Irishman in theaters or I can watch it on Netflix at home, right? Like, mm-hmm. it could be a similar situation there where, oh, it's out one way, but I know it's coming to Game Pass in a couple weeks or something. Like, I still think that the people who are listening to this show, the p- people who are making shows like this, we're still going to want to go plunk down $60 first day, get the hottest game, and be mm-hmm. ready to go. But if Xbox keeps making it more and more attractive to do that, who knows? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the, th- the thing I'm, I'm thinking about is that like if, if if Xbox Game Pass becomes like the thing, the way that that audience uh, interacts with their games, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm curious on how on how that affects PlayStation in that ecosystem. All right, yeah. So what I was talking about before, by the way, thank you very much. Charles J, you're on top of it today, Charles. Uh, send in a super data link. Uh, PlayStation now earned $143 million in 2018, the most of any game subscription service. So again, this was based on revenue, mm-hmm. is how, we, how it was coming up in terms okay. of where we're going for it. So that's what I was trying to pull. Exactly. And that's the thing is, again, like, don't get me wrong, the wins change quickly. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're resting on their laurels. I don't think they're like, well, we don't have to worry about Xbox Game Pass. I think that they have, hopefully... A plan. Hopefully, we see more of it. That, but it is like when it looks like something's going wrong, they break glass, pull the thing, and yeah. that's when they really have to worry about it. I don't. I don't know if they're inclined mm-hmm. this time around to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to squad up. This is where one of you writes in to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games, giving us your name, username, platform choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together. Today, D Rue eighty seven needs help on the Nintendo Switch. D's Friend code is SW0551273926044. Be in the YouTube description as always. D says, Hey y'all, Happy New Year. I'm hoping to compete, complete my Pokedex for Pokemon Sword and I need a score bunny. I can offer Grookey or Sobel or most other Pokemon. Appreciate any help I can get in reaching 400. If you have a score bunny, I did, I revolved them. You know what I mean? Mm, uh, I, all the he, way? He was on my main. Oh, yeah. He's my oh, main. Nice. Well, that's who I chose at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen another one, I don't think. Uh, friend code 055-127-392604. Blessing. Yes. We're keeping you busy this week. It's you your are. first week on the job. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure everybody's seeing your smiling face. Yeah. Tomorrow, you're hosting the show with me. Yep. You're driving. Then Wednesday, it's, you, it's Tim and you. Mm-hmm. Then Thursday, it's you and Tim. Then yep. Friday, me and you to close out the week. Awesome. How did you think your first show went? Uh, it was fun. I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, you, I, it, up until right now, I wasn't sure about you. Mm-hmm. But then we went 10 minutes <laughs> over the hour I usually try to keep it to because the discussions were so fucking good, and that's what everybody wants. Because yeah. this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. 
If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Where? Guess what? The show isn't ending. We have a post show to do still. We're going to read through some, I think, next-gen user emails we got here. You can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Get that as part of the giant ad-free show we put up there. Remember, if you don't want to give us any bucks, no big deal. YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, Twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames live. All that jazz. Follow Blessing on social media. Yeah, Blessing Jr. Say, say you did nice things. Thank and you. And then you can see him here tomorrow for this show. P.S. I love you, XOXO, Volume 2, Episode 1 drops tomorrow as well. There's a whole bunch of stuff happening. Until next time. It's been our pleasure to serve you.